Hello everyone! Welcome to Have a Drink with Some Geeks. Uh, my name is Adam. My name is Matt. And we're your geeks this week. Yes, and, we And every we're, week, I think. And, yeah, I don't think we're changing. <laughs> um, but uh, today, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite um, series ever. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm an Avatar fan as well. Um, and so we're going to talk today about Avatar Last Airbender. Um, and it hopefully will bleed into next week's discussion where we discuss Korra. Um, oh, so it's going to be a long discussion. Yes. Get ready. Buckle your seatbelts, people, and, and get ready to talk about Avatar Last Airbender with us. Um, but before we talk about Avatar, let's talk about our beer of the week. We've got today Senor Pina. It is a pineapple blonde ale from Cerveceria, Colorado. We featured them on the first episode and are making a return trip. So cheers, Adam. Tell us what we think. Cheers. That's delicious. Yeah. I thought it'd be a lot more pineapple but I really don't taste it too much, which is good. I get a hint of it. Yeah, and it's not overwhelming, so I like that. Yeah. Um, and just for, for you folks um, at home, if you haven't tried it yet, we recommend Cerveceria, Colorado. It's a, it's a local brewery here for us in Denver. Um, they're, they're all about activism in the community and, and promoting community partnerships. Um, they talk about on their website how they want to build bridges, not walls, and include everybody in their community. So, kind of a cool thing. Check them out. Um, they are not a sponsor yet, but hopefully one of them... Call us. Yeah, <laughs> call us, send us samples. We will feature you extensively. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but... Uh, so before we get started on Avatar, let's uh, remind our friends and, and people listening to follow us, uh, like us, whatever you want to tweet us, if you, if you will, um, at Geek Drink Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes. Um, as well as TikTok, but we haven't made a TikTok we're, yet. We're, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to get there. Um, so let's go ahead and, and dive right into it, Adam. Uh, why don't you get started today? Uh, tell us a little bit of Avatar. Okay. So, I mean... This is where things get difficult because I have pages and pages of notes for the show because I love it so much. Um, first off, I, I the big thing I always wanted to say is like it was a kids show, but it dealt with a lot of adult themes, and uh, that would that was kind of my biggest thing for it is uh, for. For being kind of a like, I think I. What age were you when you watched the show? Um, I was in college, so I was yeah. eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, same. So, um, it was just definitely like I I appreciated the fact that it was very colorful and fun, but at the same time, it deals with a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah, and yeah, it does. I think it was. Especially for the time it came out, you know, it, it, it everything was a lot, a little bit darker, I think, in terms of television out there at the time. Yeah. Um. So kind of it, for for your kids show, dealt with those darker topics, but also gave us a little bit of levity in dealing with some of those topics. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sokka was a great. Um. What is uh, Jack Desenta or Desenna? Jack Desenna. I believe his name was, uh, who played Sokka, I think brought a lot of levity to the, uh, to the entire show just as a, just to balance things out. Yeah, I think it, it was a good choice. It wasn't over the top campy at the time when it came out. Um, and, and the voice actor, he's gone on and done another good show I like a lot, The Dragon Prince. Okay. Um, he's seen the, that one. He's the lead character on that one as well. Um, so I think... Part of the, um, one of the things I liked about the levity that about the sh of the show was, you know, granted at, at that time I'm in my late teens, early twenties, and so I've kind of already done my coming of age. But it was a very much a coming of age story for Aang. Yeah. Um, over the course of the of the year for them, and their journeys and their adventures, um, it 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 very much felt like that coming of age story done with a little bit of that magical element that you you would see in Harry Potter at the time. Absolutely. Like a good like I mean I agree with the coming of age um things. And like and I think a lot of people forget that Aang had to master three elements 
within a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. It's he he didn't have a lot of time to get through this, and it was a like a very short story in terms of time frame, but it was told really well and could be like, oh yeah, this was a four year journey, but no, no, it happened over a year. So yeah, yeah. I, and and I hate to bring it up because it's 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 a horrible movie. Um, but the Avatar movie I think confused people because that they talked about it being over the course of years. Mm-hmm. Um obviously because the actor's gonna age versus animation, yeah. the actor the, the character can be the same age for yeah. ever. Look at the Simpsons. Yeah, I I I mean <laughs> I agree, but like my my thing with the like if you wanna go the the movie yeah wasn't very good um and uh i felt like uh one actually i will say the music was fantastic um james newton howard did a terrific score for it and i still listen to it to this day um but um i felt like the the journey of the avatar was so truncated mm-hmm. and like so shortened and you were kind of like well this is not like it's almost like you need a couple movies for each yeah book if you will yeah and and a, and a different director yeah and... <laughs> but because i felt like m night Shyamalan made it it was a dark story like he made it very dark looking and then tried to bring levity to it, where I'm like, no, the original creators, it was a very bright-looking thing with very dark themes. Yeah. And so I that's where I kind of had my problems with the film, and I mean, I could go into it for <laughs> days and days and days. You but, mean you weren't upset by the mispronunciation of names? <laughs> Long. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, Soka. <laughs> I mean, it. He. I, I don't want to say like it was a problem, like where like because I I've liked some of him Night Shyamalan's movies. I really have. Oh yeah. And but I just was like, this isn't. It didn't fit. No, it didn't work. I um, I do wish they would have just made the movies anyway, so we had a complete series. I kind of hate that they just stopped, even though it was yeah, hard to watch. We are apparently getting a live action uh, series on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, which I'd love to know your thoughts about. I mean, um, I mean, kinda... I'm I'm on the fence about it, um, especially after they just, the showrunners from from Avatar left the yes. live action. So now I'm kind of hesitant. Yeah, it's a uh, Brian. Uh, uh, Conzetto, Conzito? Yeah, and Michael DiMartino. Yeah, they, uh, so they left, I guess, over creative differences, and it was like, oh, that's very sad to hear, because I would love to have them be a part of it, but I guess if it's not gonna happen, um, okay. But, I mean, part of me is also, um, and I guess this is more of a hot take, but... I would have almost rathered a uh, Korra live action series <laughs> rather than an Airbender series, but that that's that we're getting off topic. But, um, but yeah. So I I just uh, I think the live action movie didn't live up to expectations, and um, it was just so like I wish they could do more because they have so much to work with. <laughs> they do, and that's I think. The nice thing about Avatar is it's established a lot of lore mm-hmm. in the in the in the show, and Corey, you know, expanded upon it. And I think future iterations can do a good job of going either forward or backwards and showing us past Avatars. Um, you know, yeah. pre Ang, it'd be fun. I know, and we'll talk about it next week and in the core episode. Uh, and I'll talk about how I they kind of went there with talking about the first Avatar. And, yeah. Um, but that's a topic for next time. Um, really, for me, Adam, I think my my initial thoughts on Avatar, because you know, like I said, I watched it when I was a lot younger, um, was that it it was nice to see because I and we talked about in the first episode. I I'm not a big anime fan, and it was nice to see the style almost of yeah. anime 
but Americanized in in a in a good way. No, I hear you. It's like a Western anime. Yeah, it, I think if, it was. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think it felt. It was. It's like a good introductory in the anime if you're not an anime fan because. Correct. You kind of get that that style, the animation, the the very flat looking kind of animation that they sometimes do. Yes, which will. There's something I wanted to bring up in uh, maybe our Korra episode. Yeah, like about that. But um, no, no, I loved how it made everything kind of more accessible. Yeah, I think it did. Um, I think, and and you you talked about it too. The music, I I. And and my wife will, will attest to this. We really really like the end credit music. Oh yeah, it's one of those we we rewatched the series during COVID, mm-hmm. um, just because we wanted to and gave us something to do. Um, we would listen to the credits and do little dance parties on the couch. There you go. Uh, just because it it is good music. It's very catchy. Um, and it I think it reflects especially that end credit music. It reflects the tone of the show. Yeah, absolutely, and I. I've actually just discovered a uh, an artist that his name is Samuel Kim, and he does kind of remixes or like reimaginings of certain songs, and he's done st- stuff for Avatar, okay. and it's fantastic. It it's just in the same spirit. So check it out, Samuel Kim, if you're listening, call me, <laughs> <laughs> or and like and subscribe, like and subscribe, please. But Call me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I and I think my last little piece on on this topic here on this in this first segment is with with Avatar. I really liked the the backstory um, of it all. You know, and yeah. we and we get bits and pieces of it throughout the series. It's not like you get a backstory episode where you, they talk about the Hundred Year War. You kind of have to watch the series to get all the clues and all the hints <laughs> to put the puzzle together for. The big fight in the end, and and the lion turtle. Yeah, you know, it felt a lot like uh, the traditional uh, like hero's journey. Yeah, like even like we we brought up Star Wars in the last episode, and um, it just felt like this is a character that's going through more of a traditional journey, and it it was lovely. <laughs> I loved yeah. it. I mean, he um, Ang is a great character he has a lot of innocence to him and um is able to bring a lot to the table as like not only as a character but you gotta remember he's also a kid yeah i think he brought like 12 yeah he, he brought a lot of innocence and i think he was also the moral compass of the entire group yeah optimism i don't want to kill anyone exactly um i'm only doing this because it's necessary mm-hmm. it's not like he had to uh or he was some psychopathic madman and, and would he's and not would do pop, these things. Pop three. no he's, he's not he's not gonna take over the world he he has his goal yeah and it was uh he had to do a job that he didn't want like i mean in even in the series like he ran away at the first part like that's how this show kind of starts is he yeah running away from his responsibilities and so it's kind of like him kind of growing up it is um and i think one of one one last piece on that is i really liked the character building he had with each character in the show absolutely um you know you you start off with with him and and Sokka and Katara yeah um and you know, him and Sokka have that kind of brotherly relationship that builds up the series where mm-hmm. initially Sokka doesn't trust him. He just he doesn't want to leave the Ice Nation. Or the Water Nation. Yeah, the Water Nation. The Southern Water yeah. Tribe, I guess, is <laughs> what they call it. Um, and and his infatuation with Katara that, that does build into into true romance at the end of the series. And, yes. And, and even we'll, deals we'll, with the jealousy. We're going to get into that in a second. <laughs> yeah. Just and, bear with us. And, but. and it also deals with the jealousy <laughs> aspect because... You know, Katara's a little bit older, and and yeah, she's like two two, two years, years older. older. Yeah. yeah, she's she's like 14, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Um, so I think those kind of things, you know, with with the character building, and then you know later on, in other and later in the series, his relationship with Toph, who my favorite character, <laughs> uh, uh, as well as you know his acceptance of Zuko in in the third book, and and learning to trust yes. him. 
Um, and then I know you wanted to talk a little bit about some of the, the creatures in the world. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things I think that's completely amazing about the series is the creativity of creating the animals of the world, like whether it be a sky bison or a turtle duck. <laughs> turtle duck. <laughs> like the... Lion turtle. The, the badger moles. Like, they, they're amazing animals and totally took my breath away. And, like, again, like... I'm one of those guys that just can get lost in the lore of the mm-hmm. world. And I never, I was just like, I'm in it. <laughs> like, it, yeah, I'm in it for like, whatever they tell me, there's a turtle duck or whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to be in the world. So I, I loved those, uh, those characters, but I, I wanted to say like, especially like Appa and Momo, um, <laughs> they're, they actually had a lot of character development to them. Yeah, you know, Appa was pretty, by the end of the series, a very fleshed out, real character mm-hmm. in terms of his reactions. You know, you, you see a lot in season and in, in book two where Appa does not want to go underground and it's kind of a last resort. We gotta, we gotta do yeah. this, and he begrudgingly does that. Secret tunnel, <laughs> secret tunnel <laughs> through the mountain. Secret, 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 secret tunnel. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to put that in there. No, no worries. Um, I, I think, and and Momo in, had his own his own moments, especially in in season in book two where Appa is stolen and and Momo kind of goes yes. on the run looking for him too. Yeah. Um, that that whole episode about Momo and it's it's not like a kitty haha fun episode. It no, kind of it's got some sad as hell. It's sad. It's got those those dramatic themes that we talked about. Yeah, it was like the whatever Appa's last days. I think the episode is called is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. And like I mean, I just like it. It speaks a lot to the creators of the show because mm-hmm. they created a really dynamic like you felt everything for every character yeah and even Hapa and momo it was just like oh you feel something for them and it's like it's really sad it is and you know i think you know the creators did a great job of knowing their backstory and creating their backstory before they did the series they did their homework because too often you have these shows where they don't create the backstory and, and fully flesh out everything. And then you have the show and they kind of have to ad hoc it and, and retcon stuff. And no, absolutely. It was, I think they did a good job of this is our story. This is our world. This is how the world came to exist here. It's the mm-hmm. hours. You know, they, obviously they added some stuff. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I don't think they went into it realizing that you could bend blood and, and control people. Oh, that, that gets into a very, we're <laughs> <laughs> that's deeper than I think we can go in this episode. <laughs> no. By the way, um, first off, like I have like seven or eight pages of notes <laughs> just on Airbender alone. Not to mention also the pages I have on Cora. Um, so if you would prefer like a deeper dive, please comment. Please let us know. Like we're more than happy to do it. Um, we just wanted to try and keep things kind of. Easy for everyone. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, if you haven't watched Avatar yet, hopefully our, our discussion and our recap of it makes you want to watch it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want to say spoiler alert, but the show's like, what, 20 years old or something? Um, I think it came out in 2005. So, 2005, yeah. 2005, yeah, geez. That's when it started. So, yeah, we're, we're getting there. We graduated high school. No, we're not talking about that, Adam. <sighs> okay. But no, um, yeah. So please, uh, like, we, we apologize if there's any spoilers, but um, it's been out for a while, so just <laughs> sorry. Um, but uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, Dante Bosco, um, Rufy, oh, um, he's uh, he's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, as Zuko, he brought a lot of character development and a lot of emotional range yeah. to the character and that's hard to do from an animation point of view I think because 
you don't have the actor's face. You've just got to hear it in their voice. Exactly. And he did that. He he took Zuko from that broody, very angsty young man into a very mature character at the end who realizes what he's got to do for the greater good of the world and for his own personal demons. Exactly. And, and another voice actor that stood out to me um, was uh, the character uh, of... Uncle Iroh. Yeah. Played by um, Mako. Mako for the first two seasons. Uh, yes. So yeah. he he unfortunately passed away um, in the middle of filming and uh, has like one of the most sad scenes I've ever seen ever in a movie or TV show or anything. Um, the um, Leaves on the Vine yeah. episode, it broke my heart, um, but... Mako, we do miss you. Um, but I just wanted to kind of like I do want to put like put it out there that like yeah, May Whitman playing Katara was was excellent, and I do love these voice actors. Yeah, because uh, I feel like they did a great job, and we can probably get into it more because I think they were able to bring in more celebrity. Yeah, like, I mean voice actors. You had Mark from, Hamill as as the Fire Lord. Of- yeah. Um, and he did a great job in that oh, room. Yeah. I mean, but what's what's Mark Hamill done that's not been a great job? Nothing. No, yeah. I, I, <laughs> not yet. Man's excellent. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Adam, let's go ahead and move on to our hot takes for today. Um, I'll lead us off on the hot takes. Um, yeah, and I know some people kind of kind of be like, wow, I can't believe you think this. And, and I told Adam this before the show. I think Avatar, when I first watched it, was a phenomenal series. And it still is. Um, but as I've grown older, I'm not as much of a fan of the show as I used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll still watch it. I still enjoy it. But I think I think as I've changed and grown older, the campiness in some of it is a little hard to watch at times. Okay. Well, my, my question to you is, uh, is it a show that was meant for us as younger folks? Whereas, like, Korra was meant for us as older films. I think so. Like, is, it, is it a show that kind of grows up? It does. It. I think, I know book one is a little harder for me to watch than book three. Yes. Um, book two is always just fun because, I, like I said, Toss my favorite character because she's yes. so she's, sassy. She's awesome. Um, and she's so just in your face. Um, well, we got to talk about the... Uh, Fire Island players. At yes, some point. and, and then... she loved it. Uh, but I do have to say, my other favorite character in the show was the Boulder. Oh, apparently they wanted the Rock to play yes. the Boulder, and I'm like, if they do not cast the Rock in this live action series, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, that that's my other favorite character in the show was was the Boulder. It's conflicted about taking a blind girl. Boulder is over his conflicted feelings. Yeah, the Boulder was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, see, he was great, but I like, I Toph is, yeah, excellent. Um, I, I I do, but I do. I want to. I want to touch on what you said. I think that yeah, and that's that's the hard thing about Avatar, and and some of these animation shows is they're made for a specific time, mm-hmm. and like any, I mean, it's like any show or movie. You watch it at a certain frame of mind and a certain frame of reference, and you're going to like it or or hate it yeah. more or less because of your current mindset and worldview. Yeah. And I don't hate Avatar; I do enjoy it. I've we probably watched it four or five times in the past two years, just because mm-hmm. it's something that I'm very comfortable with. I can put it on for background noise and and zone out a little bit and do some work, and then pop up for some of my key favorite episodes. Um, yeah, but. Like I said, I think some of the campiness and and some of the antics that Aang and Sokka do, especially in that first in the first book, just are hard to rewatch. I'll rewatch them, I uh, but it it can be a little yeah. nail bite, teeth gritting. Like, ooh, okay, this is kind of. Uh. I understand, and I mean, again, I think it's a it was a show on Nickelodeon that was meant for kids, yeah. but kind of yeah, and segue I say into one of my hot takes. It's like. It's a kid's show that dealt with genocide 
It dealt yeah. with sexism, racism. It dealt with very heavy themes. And Korra will deal with more of those, but we'll get into that later. But um, those were huge things for me. And like even like people overcoming like a disability, like Toph is blind and her dad was like trying to keep her like yeah he was so he was very overprotective and you know didn't want her but it's like Toph's like the best or best earth bender on the planet yeah she invents metal bending yeah she she discovered metal bending and so it it's kind of the show deals with these heavier themes and so again like I I say like yeah with the movie color wise it was very dark yeah it's very muted but then it was very it didn't touch upon those themes so much whereas the show was very bright and mm-hmm. vibrant but dealt with very dark themes and dark stuff and yeah. it was it would it can be hard to watch and so i really that the that's some of the stuff i really enjoyed and then um i also always enjoyed uh like zuko's journey yeah i think uh was a little bit more rewarding for me rather than um, Aang's journey. But let me ask you this. So this is something that is a hot take. Hot take, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Katara Zuko or Aang and Katara? I think both would have been acceptable. Um, Obviously, we know how it works out because... You know, Aang and Katara end up being the power, being the couple, and in mm-hmm. their reference a lot, and in Korra about their relationship, and yes, and we see their kids a lot in in the next series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think emotionally, it would have been stronger if if Korra and Zuko, not Korra, sorry, Katara and Zuko would have been a couple at some point because of. I think it would have shown a little bit more growth in Katara's character because then she'd have to learn to forgive Zuko um, more than she already did in, in book three, but learn to forgive him for everything he's kind of put her through and, and, and the group through, as well as kind of forgiving the Fire Nation in itself for for taking her mother and for attacking her village all the time and her yeah. tribe. I think that would have been a very interesting dynamic to explore. I understand why they didn't do it because you've got three three books and and we've built up slowly and 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 well done Aang and her relationship and becoming from that brotherly sisterly kind of role to more of a romantic role and and it drives a lot of Aang's character arc I think too because mm-hmm. he you know he feels horrible because he burns her by accident when he's mm-hmm. when he's learning fire he you know he stops his his spirit bending training and and his chi blocking when she's in danger and it it kind of furthers the story so i think story wise i think their coupling was made more sense so but, but what do you think adam well for me i i from a from just sort of like a hero's journey standpoint i always uh kind of really liked uh, katara and Ed. okay i mean it just made sense to me. It felt natural and all that. I mean, yeah, there was some hints of that, but uh, with, like, hints of some sort of interest between Katara and Zuko. But ultimately, I liked Zuko and Mai better. <laughs> like, I think they they fit better together as a couple, and... First off, like, I'll preface this. I haven't read any of the graphic novels. Nor have I. And so I don't know a lot of what may have happened, like, after the shows or anything like that. But I just felt like, you know what, from a hero's journey standpoint, I felt like Aang needed someone who could give him hope. And I felt like Katara was the perfect embodiment of hope and i think yeah i think that the whatever the fire island players are like <laughs> oh they're that they kind of gave her that like 
as a caricature, but um, but no, I really enjoyed um, the more Aang and Katara yeah. coming together rather than a Zuko and Katara. So then together. let me ask you this. We'll talk about it a little bit in, in Korra next week. Mm. Do you think Sokka would have been a better in a better relationship with Toph? Or or Ooh. Suki, or my uh, my opinion, Ty Lee. Okay, so because I th- and I'll tell you why I think. Okay, I'll, like, uh, let me. I'll let you start. Yeah, I mean Sokka and 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 spoiler people Sokka and and uh, Suki are the ones who end up at least at the end of the series together. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, and he already had his 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 love for um. She turned into the moon. Yeah, the moon girl. I, I, can't, I can't never remember her name. I just know her as the moon girl. My um, first girlfriend turned into the moon. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. Um, but I think, you know, him and Toph would have been a very interesting relationship because she would have definitely wore the pants in that relationship and he would have been uh, cannon fodder, for lack of a better term, and, and a more PC term. Um, but then you look at Ty Lee and how just kind of crazy she is. And her circus stuff. But, so... Like, and why well, I say it, too, because I think... And and this deals a little bit with the racism we talked about in terms of, you know, how they treated benders versus non-benders. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard. it was hard for Sokka, the whole series, to be the only non-bender on the team. And so I, that's why I kind of was like, oh, him and Tally would be kind of fun because she's a non-bender as well. Well, Suki's a non-bender. No, I thought Suki was no, Suki's oh. not. She's not a bender. Okay, well then, never mind. Well, uh, that threw my theory out the window. But <laughs> I also think Tylee was fun because she was a little batshit crazy. Yeah. Um, and Sokka did have his his dumb plans and his kind of his his little ways about him. So it would have been a very interesting coupling. Yeah. Um, kind of how, and we'll talk about it in Korra. You have some of the relationships in there that are definitely like, oh, that's that's kooky and it's fun. True. Um. Yeah. I mean, for me, I. I think uh, Sokka is very, uh, very underrated character. I think mm-hmm. in the in the series, like he first off, like he, you, he just brings levity and comic relief to most of it, and so that's his thing. But I think uh, I think him ending up with Suki, like Suki was a very strong confident Mm -hmm. character if that makes sense it does and he's also very strong and confident but he is a little goofy so i i would kind of my like where i disagree with you is it's more like oh like maybe he needs someone to balance him out okay i can see that someone who can be like oh hey i will i i will be strong and responsible and all that, and then you can be goofy and creative. Okay. Um, and I mean, like, Sagra's, like, I mean, I still, I will say he's one of my favorite characters, because, like, first off, the the comedic value, like, the... Boring, is, go! <laughs> he's, he's excellent, but then, like, even in the last episode where he, him and Toph, like, he's holding Toph mm-hmm. by her hand, and... You know, Toph is blind, so she can't... Really? Yes. Oh. Uh, (laughs) But he's holding her, and he's, like, dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. And Toph sees, like, through the vibrations through her feet. Yeah. So she's hanging off the airship, and she has no... Like, at that point, she is literally blind. Yeah. She has no idea what's going on. And... Sokka is just talking to her. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't think Boomerang's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the saddest thing ever because you realize like, okay, you have some characters that are completely helpless. And Yeah, and there was some definite drama and, and real threats to the character in that episode. Yeah. Um, we don't know how it's going to end for most of these characters. I mean, I think we all knew that eventually Aang was going to win because... 
it it would have made so. a lot of people mad if <laughs> we had so. had an episode yes and ang dies and that's the end of the series yeah that would be we wouldn't have a legend of Korra or anything. you might yeah but she'd be fighting fire well, little she again. would have been yeah born yeah immediately so but yeah no i that that was kind of one of my things is like i i found that beautiful and then even that end battle between ang and the fire lord oh it's a great battle, and it's really fun, and and I think it's a good segue into our next segment, our closing arguments and, yeah. and thoughts. Um, I'll start off with talking about that um, that last battle, and and just the journey Aang went on to get to that last battle, and still have his moral convictions of I am not going to kill him. Yes, I will find another way. I will find yes. my way to deal with him and and end his threat to the world. Yes. I think. That was a great full circle moment because he was the first avatar and he learned from the turtle duck, not the turtle duck, from the turtle lion, lion turtle. Lion turtle, yeah. Um, how to spirit bend and how to take away bendings from from the person. Correct. Um, so I think from a story point of view, it was a great full circle moment and a great morality moment um, because, it, like you said, it is a kid show um, for us. <laughs> Um, that it, it shows, especially in today's world and in today's superhero shows and, and all this stuff where it's okay, it's easy to kill, um, the bad guy, this kind of showed everyone that there's always going to be another path and you, and Aang was willing to explore and, and risk finding that other path. Yeah. Even though, like, I mean, at that point he was like, he left the group. To try and find that, and that that's risky. <laughs> You're oh, leaving yeah. your friends, but he wanted to do whatever he could to try to not kill. And and I mean, it's it's interesting in that episode where he's meeting his past lives, and they're saying, and like most of them are like, you see Kiyoshi and Roku, and and they're all like. Yeah, you just kill. kill him. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, but it's like he needed to personally find some way to kind of deal with it. And especially, like, he's a kid. Mm-hmm. He's a child. He's trying to, like, he's taking on, like, an entire nation, like, pretty much. And he's just like, oh, hey, I want to find a more peaceful resolution yeah and so that to me like yeah i agree i think it was uh very beautiful to see how um he just yeah it's like it was a a way of resolving the conflict that i don't think any of us as viewers were expecting but it was nice and welcome yeah i think it was a. I think it was a good little kind of life lesson for, for everyone that, yeah. and you know, you look at the creators and when they created the character, it's, he's very much a, a Buddhist in, in our sense mm-hmm. with the pacifism and the vegetarianism. Yeah. Um, he very much was embodied that. And I think that's one thing the show did very well was showing these, these people with these powers and, and that's one thing I wish they kind of talked about a little bit more. And that's just the, the part of me likes to question things is, is it magic? Is it physical? Um, kind of thing. We could, we could probably get into that a little yeah. bit in the next, uh, in when we talk about Korra, because, uh, that's when I think they bring more of the spiritual realm. They do. And they, they, they go into it. I think, but they did a good job of, of, Talking about religion without talking about religion. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, and I liked how... Or just belief. Yeah. And I liked how they they kind of made a good effort to not... You know, it, the show's got a lot of traditional Chinese, ancient Chinese ties to it and, mm-hmm. and feel to it. And they did it in such a way that it was very respectful and it wasn't like, oh, we're going to make fun of a, a whole culture with this show. No, yeah, it's not like... Kung Fu, the series, it's very much like a, everything felt really natural and yeah. like very it, nice. It was, it was, it was, it's fun because it, it, it feels like it's a, almost kind of, I, I would reference it like a modern day Captain Planet without 
the campiness of that. It was kind of like, hey, we are you. You were bending the elements. We are one with nature because yes, I've got to be you know in touch with my inner self to bend the earth, and I've mm-hmm. got to have that free spirit to to bend air and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um. So. One question I want to ask you though, and there is maybe a right or wrong answer to this. What would you bend? Oh, uh, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am wearing my Firebender University shirt right now, so I'm a. I, I think I'm a Firebender. What about you, Matt? Um, I think I would want to be a Waterbender. Okay. And I would become the first bladder bender. Oh, that's 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 shitty. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is literally is. <laughs> but but I mean, and hear me out. I wouldn't have to get up and pee in the middle of the night. I would just, just bend it out of me into the toilet. But um, I will say though, I think uh, there's a lot of evidence in both Airbender and Cora where water bending. Like using kind of techniques, yeah, help you to do different things. So it's like the channeling of the lightning, and yeah, it's like blood bending, and it's like you you kind of watch even in Korra, like sort of when they're doing the pro bending stuff. Water bending seems to be like the thing that kind of rounds everyone out. So it does, and I think of 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 the other elements. You know, it was kind of cool to see, and you see it a little bit in Avatar, but you see it heavily in Korra, that there's someone with no arms, and they're using water bending as as a form of arms. Well, we'll have to get into yeah. that. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of interesting, because it'd be kind of weird to see someone with earth bending with rocky arms. It could happen. Work. Oh, yeah. Um, and and we'll talk about it, I think, because Korra dives into more of the subcategories of bending. and, and Yes. And uh, there's there's definitely, like, you, you see... Whereas, like, oh, yeah, firebenders have, like, the firebending with them. They can, they can channel lightning. Channel, the best one. The good ones can, yeah. And then you have waterbending, bloodbending, mm-hmm. earthbending, metal bending. Yeah, metal, metal bending. bending. Um, and then you have, like, waterbending. It's, it's all, yeah. you get, it all gets in there. And then airbending and flying. Yeah, and, and yeah, and flying. And then, you know... The, the one no one ever talks about because it's really not a bending power quite realized, I think. They could have done more of that after Avatar was spirit bending. Yes. Because yes. we talk, we see it in we see it in the last episode of Avatar. We see it a little bit in Korra, but we never really build on yeah, that I, being a power. I think it's kind of, it's based in water bending, I think, is yeah. where they kind of base it because technically um, Amon is a waterbender and that is how he's able to like take away everyone's bending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, let's, uh, let's go on to closing stuff. Yeah. Just go ahead and keep things short. Like, what do you got for me? Uh, you know, um, I think overall, like I said, I think Avatar was a, it's great series. Um, and I, I recommend it to everybody. Um, but mostly everybody I know has watched it and, and loves it. Um, I, I mean, it's, I think it's a cult following at this point because people from our generation grew up with it and we continue to watch it. We've shown it. I've shown it to my kid. Um, heck, at one point she had a, she still has an Appa bib. Um, she had an Appa, <laughs> a baby Appa onesie. Yeah, that's adorable. Uh, and it's also got like little baby versions of the of the of the gang. Yeah. Um, so I think I think the show where I think it still holds up very well, um, despite like I said earlier, some of the campiness that is harder as I'm older. I think the show, oh, excuse me, I think the show did a good job of tackling that spiritualism without shoving it in anyone's face and 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 doing it the right way. And I also think the show did a great job in terms of really, like you said, it, it's heavy hitting without. Feel like it's heavy hitting yeah. when you're watching it as a young adult you're like oh this is fun and then as you've got more of a world view and you've and you've grown up a little bit and you watch again go wow yeah we've hit some depression issues we've hit some morality issues we've talked about genocide of an entire people racism sexism yeah. um so i that's kind of where i sit with it what about you adam no i mean i completely agree actually it's uh 
those were all like I mean it it's a show that I feel again holds up I mean touches on a lot of themes and I will say it's a a brightly colored show yes that deals with some dark stuff um but uh yeah so that that's where I'm at um I like let's uh we're gonna get ready to close this stuff out but Let's go to our recommendation stuff. What what do you recommend? So, um, I uh, it's been a pretty good geek week. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, D twenty three just wrapped up, and we've seen a lot of fun trailers from that. Star Trek Day just ended. Um, Disney Day just ended, or did, was it Disney Plus Day? I think is what they called Disney, it. Or D twenty. Yeah. Um. So for me, my geek thing for the week was. Um, Star Trek Day. Um, you know, as we discussed in the first episode, I'm a, I'm a big Trekkie. I, I like all all forms of media of Star Trek, and seeing when we put this on video, you'll 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 see what yeah. we're talking about. Um, you know, we got season three trailer for Picard for the final season. Mm-hmm. We brought we're bringing back the whole original cast from Next Gen. Yeah. Um, we had a Nichelle Nichols mm-hmm. tribute. We had some behind the scenes stuff for Discovery. Um, they. They had touched on all the new stuff. They showed new promos for the the true kids show of Star Trek, um, which uh, I can't Prodigy, which has got Prodigy. Kate McGrew Kate McGrew back in it. Oh, there you as, go. As both animated as both a hologram Janeway and real Janeway. <laughs> so it's been it's it was a good day for me knowing when I get my next Trek fix because we're about a third of the way through Lower Deck season three. There you go, Adam. What what about you? What's your geek of the week? Uh, so I mean. Among many things, but uh, first off, apparently, um, Henry Cavill um, has been rumored to have been cast as uh, Victor Von Doom in Marvel. Um, I know uh, Kevin Feige announced that he is signed on for, I think, like seven films. So everyone's speculating, who who is he playing? And I'm... I'm thinking Victor Von Doom would be... It'd be interesting, <laughs> and it's kind of interesting that they're talking about that now, considering that we're not going to have a Fantastic Four movie until Phase 6. And we're... But, like, I, I will say, like, Victor Von Doom is a character that... He's a villain that transcends the Fantastic True. Four. Like, he's as smart as Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. He can do crazy magic stuff he can shoot lightning out of his hands it's he is a very interesting character and i mean i really like henry cavill as an actor and i guess um what did you ever think of him as superman you're more of a superman fan than i am um i thought it was a good choice because for me i didn't know him i didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't know he was in the tutors or any of those series before that so for me, it was a Stardust. Yeah, it was a very Monte Cristo. <laughs> it's a very fresh faced new actor for me, because um, I wasn't a big Brandon Ralph fan when he did his Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. It was good, but it was too too much of a tribute, I think, to Christopher Reeves and his it, Superman. It, it felt, and it was supposed to be. Yeah, um, but I really didn't like that because I felt we should have rebooted. I guess, for lack of a better Trying term, to do something different. Um, I think. Henry Cavill did that because he had that that square jaw, that very muscular physique without being over the top, like you can mm-hmm. see in some of these Marvel character. Yeah, uh, <laughs> true. Chris Evans, uh, Thor, kind of, or not Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, um, over the top, really well built guys. You know, Superman wasn't that because he just was strong. He didn't work out to get strong. Yeah. Um. So I thought he was a good casting choice. Um. I think for the most part, what they've done in DC for the what they're calling it, DCEU, I think is what yeah. it is. They've had some pretty good, some pretty good casting choices. Yeah. And I, I just, uh, for me, I'm like, I've, I've always loved him in like The Witcher and. Yeah, The Witcher. I liked him in. Um, Stardust. The Man from great. Uncle. Man from Uncle was great. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted to ask because you are a little bit more in tune with uh, yeah. the Superman. Stuff than I am. Yeah, so. I think I think it'll be a good I, if it if it is him being Victor Von Doom. I think it'll be it's a good choice. Be a good villain. It yeah, <laughs> it'd be nice to see him play that kind of villainous role. Yeah. Um, since he really hasn't been a villain, besides Mission Impossible. 
That is true. With his mustache that screwed up Justice League. <laughs> With the reloading of his fists. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, um. But I think yeah, I think it's I think it's if it if it's true and that's where they end up going, I think it's a good choice. Okay. How do you feel about it? No, I'm I'm down. I'm like you know what like, my uh, my girlfriend will tell you I kind of have a man crush on Henry Cavill. I just respect him as an actor, and I think he's very good in everything he does. But um, I'm just excited to see him do like branch out and do more stuff. And I think the MCU could really benefit from him. Yeah. So, well. Folks, I think it's that time of the day again. We got some bad news yeah. for you, unfortunately. So our our our, our buddy and our and our, our co host Chad, um, he couldn't make it today. Um, so we were at a wedding last night for some friends. Yeah. And our whole group was there, and Chad started this conga line last night at the wedding, and they went out the door. And last we heard, they're heading somewhere north, but we haven't seen Chad or the conga line since then. Yeah, they started heading like north. Through the Rocky Mountains, which is like the weirdest place to go. But um, if you, if please, if you have seen or heard from Chad, please like and subscribe and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and all them. Yeah, follow us at, at Geek Drink Pod. Um, and please let us know if you do find him. Um, and it's hopefully it's not a Donner Party situation. Let's really hope not for. <laughs> and 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 we do want to let you know it if if you think you saw Bigfoot but it's a shorter statue person it's probably Chad. Yeah, small foot. Small foot. <laughs> small foot. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for listening to our to our episode and our recap and, and breakdown of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, again, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Geek Drink Pod. We'll catch you guys next week. Take it easy.